everyone. Welcome back to House Sitting Travel, your house sitting podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm Baron. And yeah, we're we're your hosts on this house sitting podcast. So in today's episode, we wanted to go over the basic process of house sitting to travel. So we have about 10 steps in this process, and I'll say this is, a, again, a basic overview. So each one of these steps could easily be a separate episode. We just thought it would be helpful for people who maybe are new to house-sitting to get a feel for what the whole process looks like. And we want to also say that Just a reminder, in case this is your first episode tuning in, we're talking about exchange-based house-sitting here in this podcast, in this podcast in general, this episode, but also the whole house-sitting travel podcast. So what does that mean, Farron? So exchange-based house-sitting, which is for travel, travelers want to use it to expand their travel horizons on both sides, and that's pet and homeowners are looking for live-in house sitters to take care of their pet and their home while the pet and homeowners are away traveling wherever. And then the incentive for the house sitter who provides the pet care and house care gets uh, accommodations that you're, you know, we don't want to say free, but you get accommodations in exchange for that pet care and home care labor. Yeah, so we're we're going to mention this at the top of probably most episodes because we know every episode might be someone's first time tuning in. We don't want to mislead anyone thinking that we're talking about building a pet sitting business. We're talking about house sitting and pet sitting to travel. So with that out of the way, let's just dive right into it. Well, first, I wanted to point out that I think this overview is really helpful to give you a sense of all the moving parts and what, you know, house sitting more or less entails in this kind of fashion. It's easy to read the things online that say, oh, travel the world and take care of pets. That's all you got to do. When we see those kind of sensationalized descriptions of house sitting, they're very, very misleading and it sets up a lot of people for disappointment. So we really, really, really insist that you go back, if you haven't listened already, to our episode on house sitting misconceptions and make sure you're all squared away with understanding what house sitting is and what it isn't. So that way you can start to even approach the project of trying to use house sitting as a way to travel. Yeah, thanks for that reminder because yeah, this is like each one of these episodes that we're doing, so we're intermixing these kind of solo episodes with us, intermixed with interviews. And in these episodes, we're kind of building off of each one to get people who might be interested in house sitting to kind of understand the basic tenants, so to speak. And then probably in the next season, we'll be maybe doing more topical, deeper dives, this or that. Um, And actually, I should mention, because I don't believe we have mentioned the plan for the season. So we're going to have, this is season one, and it will be... Well, we started the podcast end of March, and so season one will be going through the end of June, and then we'll take a some kind of break in the summer. We'll let you know when we get there, but and then we'll come back in the fall for season two. So just to 
to let you know. That's what's that's what's the that's the plan. We like to plan in advance, and if you're a house sitter, you might as well. So you'll know where we're coming from. All right, I think that's about it for all of our housekeeping announcements. So let's dive right in. All right, so our first step in house sitting to travel would be to join a house sitting website. So what is that exactly, Varen? Well, first, I would say make sure that you have some pet care experience before you jump right into this. And that's why you want to listen to the previous episodes that we have. Assuming that you have pet care experience, you want to find a house-sitting website to join. And what these websites do, they're essentially platforms that help you connect house-sitters with home and pet owners. And we might say for short, sitters or house-sitters, or for short, just pet owners. And there, you're able to look up you know, what you're interested in doing, get a sense of what's available. And that's why it's really important that you already kind of know where you're interested in house sitting, because depending on where you are, your options are different. Yeah, that's true, because there's a there's a variety of house sitting websites out there. And again, each of these steps, we're just kind of going to briefly mention, we're not going to go fully into each one that could be their own episode to talk about different house sitting websites. But there's basically there's ones that are like worldwide. And there's ones that are regional, say, focused on a country, for example, house sitters America or house sitters Australia. And yeah, like I said, there's ones that are worldwide. So it kind of depends on what you plan on doing. Of course, a lot of people right now are only house sitting locally and within their own country. And it's what we recommend. We talk about this more at length in our house sitting in 2021 and beyond episode. That was like one of our first ones. So check that out if you want to know more. But yeah, this is really your first point of call. These house sitting websites, we kind of liken them to dating websites in a way. Yeah, it's really important to keep in mind that house sitting websites are not a guaranteed house sit. There, This goes for pet owners and for house sitters. There's no guarantee you're going to get a house sit. And for pet owners, there's no guarantee you're going to get a perfect house sitter. It's really important to understand that this is a place to connect and that these websites help facilitate these connections. They don't really owe anybody anything and they don't make those kind of promises. But a lot of people think that you go in just kind of punch in, I want something on these dates, and there's just a bunch of sits that they just hit and say, ooh, I want that one. It's a it's a place to meet and connect and see if you're going to be a good fit. Yeah, so the next question we, we always get asked, this is one of the questions we are most frequently asked, is what website do you use? So we use Trusted House Sitters, and it's the biggest platform website worldwide. That's why we joined it because we wanted to be able to build up experience on a website where we could go anywhere. So that's the one that we use. And we have a discount code for listeners. You can check that out. There's going to be a link in the um, episode description for this episode, wherever you're listening on the podcast app. And if you're you're listening to this on our website, I'll have a link there as well. So you can join up there if you're a new house sitter for a nice little discount. Yeah, that's what we recommend. We have a whole review on trusted house sitters on our website. Again, we'll leave a link for that. 
That's just kind of, we recommend joining a website because there's more protection on both sides as opposed to, say, trying to organize a house sit through social media or word of mouth. First of all, it's going to be a little more difficult. And second of all, there's already a barrier to entry a bit when you have to pay to join a house sitting website. So it kind of guides expectations a little bit more. But That being said, of course, you need to do your due diligence throughout the whole process. But we we find that's that's important. And we like trusted house sitters because they do charge for both pet owners and house sitters to join. We're not a big fan of websites that don't charge pet owners to join because often they might just throw up a listing and because they haven't had to pay anything, they might not come back to it. They'll find someone else. It's just there's less commitment involved. It's kind of a long story short there, unless you have anything else to uh, add. Yeah, when you put in a price tag, it just weeds out the less serious candidates. And in a perfect world, maybe we wouldn't have to pay for these things, or maybe there wouldn't be money. I don't know. But that's not the reality we live in. And when these things are free, and then you've probably experienced this if you've used online dating, when there's a less of a commitment involved, people just throw up whatever and see if they catch something. They want to do minimal effort. And house sitting requires some effort if you want it to work for you. So just keep that in mind that house sitting with the whole exchange model, you're saving a ton with accommodations. So you need to just recognize that you're still saving money in the long run in terms of travel, even if you have to pay some upfront costs, which are totally doable. And chances are you can afford them. This is not something, if you're here listening to this show and you're interested in trying to reduce your travel costs, it means you got money to travel in the first place. And, you know, 50 to to $100, it's a range there. It's going to be worth it, but it's also dependent on the work you put into it. If you just expect things to be solved and done for you, you'll probably be disappointed. So just keep that in mind. When it's free, people can just do whatever and they don't have to really follow through. Whereas when there's money involved, you know, people just have more follow through. Yeah, exactly. So that having the follow through leads to our next point. So kind of the next step in the process would be to create a profile. So that kind of goes into what you were just saying, Baron, about like having to put some effort in, like you can't just sign up and then expect the offers to start rolling in. We talked about this in the misconceptions episode. So um, yeah, you got to actually create a profile and you got to put some work into it. Think of it as your online resume, so to speak. You got to put your experience in. You got to add some nice photos. You got to list what you want to get out of house sitting. You want to really create an attractive profile. Now, we're not going to be able to give you hard and fast numbers on how long you should spend doing this, how long it should be in terms of, you know, like in terms of word count. But just understand that you get out of it what you put into it. And this is where I love to use the dating uh, app again. Often we've all heard of it, either firsthand or secondhand, people getting very frustrated with dating apps, feeling like they can't meet the right person, this or that. And I would argue the less work you have to put into it, the more superficial the connections you're going to get. And if everything on there is just the bare minimum of information, you're just basically, you're casting a wide net and you're going to catch a lot of things that you don't necessarily want. So if you really want to get a good experience or a positive experience out of house sitting, be prepared 
to put some work into your profile. It goes both ways. If you were to look up a house sit and it said, hey, we need some sitters on this date, and that's it, you'd be like, huh, what's this about? You take them less seriously, maybe feel like they got something to hide or you can't trust. Same thing goes for a house sitter. You should put up plenty of information. Now, also keep in mind, make sure that information is relevant and you should be good to go. Yeah, we keep coming back to the dating analogy, but we love it. And I also should um, say that we met online dating, so we have a good experience there. We're a success story. And so people always ask us about that. And we're like, we've been together six plus years and clearly online dating works, just like house sitting works. But again, it's about the effort you put into it. So many people don't want to put in the effort for either of those things. People want to meet a great partner online, but they don't want to spend the time filling out a profile. Just like people want to house sit online, but they don't want to spend the time filling out a profile or sending sending messages or doing whatever. So that's why we like this analogy so much because they're both things that have really worked for us, but we've seen with both instances, it's it's really about the effort that you put in equals what you get out. Yeah, it's really easy to just blame the platform, blame everybody else and say that everyone sucks or there's no good house sits or this or that instead of maybe looking at your level of effort involved. And speaking of effort, let's move on to our next point. Your next thing to do would, once you've really filled out your profile, would be to kind of peruse and search for house sits. I mean, of course, this is kind of interchangeable. When you join, you would probably search first before you really, truly fill out your profile. Also, you can look at other people's profiles to get inspiration. So these steps, we're doing them in, in rough kind of order, but they can be, be interchanged a bit here and there. You're going to want to familiarize yourself with the platform that you're using because every platform is different. There's different ways to filter things. There's different, it, they're just different. So you want to get used to whatever one that you've chosen and really just look at what's out there. Yeah, it's really important to get a lay of the land. And often some house sitting sites really limit what you can see and how much you can search. So just understand that you're going to have to go in not 100% knowing what's available. And right now, the current state of affairs across the world, things are changing rapidly. And sometimes it seems it's going one way or another. It's, it's really hard to tell. But either way, plan to spend some time looking at house sits. It's not going to be something that happens right away. And you want to get a sense of trends and when certain things pop up and when certain things aren't going to pop up. For example, know that there might be a lot more house sits in certain parts of the world at certain, during certain seasons. Often people want to escape what they consider their least desirable season where they live and where they have their home base. So you can start to see that there's definitely certain trends uh, throughout the year in house sitting. So if you're, you know, trying to find a house sit in the dead of winter in your area where it's really, really, really cold, you might find that there's, you know, people who are flying out to warmer places and then you can go house it there. But you're not going to maybe find, you're going to struggle to find like tropical getaway house sits during the best weather. They're not going to be leaving at those times. And that might go again, you know, it might not work out for you when you want to leave. So it's just, these are important details to keep in mind. And again, 
way more we could go into about all this. But again, this is just to give a brief overview. Yeah. And on that note, I also want to say that this step definitely comes after you've joined a house sitting website. You can peruse a little bit before you've joined, but keep in mind that some websites, a lot of them, trusted house sitters included, you can't see the latest listings until you're a paying member. So if you're just looking at the house sits that are posted freely online, they've already been up for 24 hours. And that means that there's a lot of house sits that you never are going to be able to see because they get filled within 24 hours or they get closed to new applications. Also, you don't want to be looking, not having joined, and then you see something you really want, and then you have to scramble to join and set up your profile and do all of that kind of stuff. By that point, that house it could very well be gone. So it's it's really important to join first and just understand you might need to spend you know a few weeks to months depending on what you want all those kind of factors availability really exploring the website and the possibility so just wanted to say that as well because that's something we get asked about a lot is uh, I saw this house it what do you think of the chances I'm gonna get it and I'm just like at that I I've, I don't want to be a, a Debbie downer but at that point I feel like it's kind of too late so you want to really join first all right our step number four is to apply to the house sits that interest you and that you could feasibly do. This is an important thing to say because a lot of times people see a great house sit and they just immediately apply because they want to get their application in as quick as possible, which, you know, you do want to do that, but you also want to do a little bit of uh, due diligence or scoping out the area or situation before you apply because if you wait to look up flights or something until after you already started the conversation, maybe you realize, oh, those flights are too expensive for me or, oh, it's not going to work for whatever reason. Don't wait until you've already initiated the conversation to do that because you're going to be wasting your time and the other person's time. And this isn't just us saying it because I've seen listings that say, please only apply if you can actually commit to these dates and, you know, look up the flights beforehand. I've seen that. So you know that people are doing that and you don't want that to be you. Yeah, we would recommend rereading the house sit uh, listing probably at least three times, two to three times to make sure that you got, you know, all your ducks in a row. It also helps beforehand. You know, we talk about this a lot, but we're going to keep it really simple here. There's a certain amount of things that you should already have figured out before you sign up for house sitting. And that would be like, you know, know what you have, what's available, what can work for you, what doesn't, the deal breakers. For example, if you have to provide a car, but you're someone who's who doesn't have a car, who's lived most of, their, most of their life in cities where they don't need to have a car, for example. You don't want to apply to things where they require you to have a car because all of a sudden, if you're like, oh, I'll just rent a car, maybe you're thinking it's not that expensive, and then all of a sudden you've kind of offset any savings that you would anticipate by having to pay for a car, for example. There's a lot of little things that you might not think are a big deal or like, oh, I can fly out to this place or this place is really remote. I can take a few buses to get there. And then it's a different story once you actually do it. So at a minimum, make sure you can commit to the dates. Make sure you're qualified, meaning if they're saying no couples and you're a couple, if they're saying no singles and you're a single, like don't apply to these things. Make sure you're able to perform the sit and that you're available for the sit. 
Yeah. And of course, then it begs the question, like how to write a message and how to appropriately uh, apply to these things. And we have a whole article on it. Well, we have articles to a lot of things we're talking about. So we'll, we'll mention that, uh, all those links in the show notes as well. But um, I know we keep repeating it, but just I know if you're new to house sitting, you might have a lot of questions coming up. And this is just kind of to give you an overview to to help you understand what goes into things. So yeah, you know, next step after searching and creating your profile is to to just apply to some house sits and go into it with understanding that you're probably not going to get the first house sit that you apply to. It's like applying to jobs in a way in that you wouldn't expect to land every job that you apply to, nor would you even expect to hear back from every job you apply to. Now, this is unfortunate, but the reality is that a lot of pet and homeowners simply don't get back. And we don't feel like it's very courteous, but at this point we've just accepted it's kind of part of the process and we don't take it personally. We get that a lot of pet and homeowners might, they have a variety of reasons for not responding. I think it might come from lack of understanding how to use the platform. They might have found someone else and they they haven't closed off the applications or they just put up a listing and never came back, who knows? It's just, it's not worth getting upset about. And I know a lot of house sitters do get upset about it, especially when they're first starting out. But we've just learned over the years to just be like, you know, we send them out and if they're interested, they come back to us. And if not, then, you know, it wasn't meant to be. We do wish that there was maybe more of a culture of being more courteous in this regard. I think the incentive there is that if for some reason you didn't respond to people and it like showed up on your house sit listing, that you don't respond to people like a response rate, I think then that would probably get a lot of pet and homeowners to be a little better about it. But often it doesn't really get in the way of them getting a house sitter. But So on your end as the uh, house sitter, it's important to know that, you know, response times vary. You need to set up kind of like rules for yourself for what you feel is an appropriate time to wait and don't, you know, put everything, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's just like searching for a job. You need to be applying to more than one sit at a time sometimes to land a sit. And sometimes you're doing one at a time, but anticipating another one later or another one later, and you're just giving them a try. And that's why it's really helpful to be in a situation where you can afford to take your time and not be like, oh, I have to get a house sit or I'm not going to have a place to stay on this trip. So it's really important that even though some of these steps are interchangeable, there's a reason that everything kind of has a more or less similar trajectory, regardless of where you're coming from as a house sitter. Yeah. And I will say that a lot of house sitters will disagree with us on this about applying to multiple house sits at once. A lot of house sitters feel like once you apply that you're committing, that you're saying you're available for those dates. And we did that at first when we first started house sitting. But as we realized that people just don't get back, we just felt like, why are we sending out these one at a time applications and waiting to hear back when pet and homeowners, they're receiving a bunch of applications and they get their pick of people. So why shouldn't we as house sitters you know, assuming it's equal playing ground here, why shouldn't we have our choice? And yeah, it's just, that's why we we wanted to have this podcast as well, because we truly want to empower house sitters to understand that you can demand, or not demand, but you can like have self-respect and not just like 
kowtowing to the pet and homeowners like oh they'll be so they'll be so happy to be responded to i again it's like a job interview you're not by sending off your resume to someone you're not saying i accept this position you're like i'm interested and then you know you start the discussion you have an interview and whatever and then you go from there but that's not saying i'm going to do this job no matter what so we we just think the same way and uh it's it's worked for us and so that's why we're saying that and encouraging other sitters to do the same, even though I know a lot might might disagree there. But there's there's really no one's being hurt by you res- like applying to multiple house sits. We're all about self-advocacy. In this arena of house sitting, no one else is going to advocate for you but yourself. And hopefully other people will too at certain points, all of us together as house sitters, but just recognize that when you're going through this process, you got to stand up for yourself and that you have to decide what's worth your time and what isn't. And try not to let other people insist that you shouldn't place a certain kind of value on yourself and what you're bringing to the table. Step number five, be patient and flexible. So this is kind of like what we're talking about be patient and flexible. Be patient about people's responses. But again, like, you know, you don't need to wait weeks either. <laughs> this is like within reason. Be patient and flexible within reason. But also being patient and flexible with actually getting like getting to the next step, which we're going to talk about. But understanding that you're not going to get, you know, the offers flooding in immediately. You need to persevere. So maybe maybe that'd be a better uh, word for this step is just persevere and be flexible with the house sits that you are applying to and that you're looking for. The more flexible that you are, the more likely that you're going to have house sitting success. Always keep in mind that house sitting is a process. It's not instant. It takes time. Even in the best of scenarios, this is not something that you want to rush. To this day, even though we have tons of reviews and we always look really great when we apply to a sit, We still work in time to process, to make sense of things, to really kind of like weigh the pros and cons of different things. It's it's super important that you're patient and flexible. And you will see if you've been listening to uh, interviews and upcoming interviews that it's a trait that you will find amongst very experienced house sitters, that being patient and flexible, it's like the tortoise and the hare story. You know, it's just you got to persevere and stick it out to the end. Step number six is to actually have a conversation with the pet and homeowner. So at this point, the ball has been pinged back in your court. You sent the ball out by sending out your application message. And then once they come back to you, you might initiate a conversation. We always recommend having a live conversation, like ideally video a video call but if that's not possible you can do a phone call ideally video most most of the times we use video only one time i think we had a phone call but yeah so this is the kind of like interview stage of the process so don't go into this assuming that the pet owner has all the power this is a, a place to negotiate kind of set the terms of the house so to speak and get a feel for each other to see if you're going to be a good fit can't stress this enough you can take the lead in the interview and they might already have some questions for you, but make sure you maybe already have some questions for them. And the live interview part is the most important. Video call is a good way to go. 
if somehow you can meet in person and it's not too much trouble, that will only be an advantage to you. But just keep in mind that it needs to be a live conversation where you can see each other. This is not something that you want to do via email, via text, ideally not on the not a phone call. You need to have that space right then and there, and people need to make time for that. I would argue that this is having a conversation before a potential house sit commitment is a non-negotiable thing to do. Just like it's a prerequisite to have some pet experience going into house sitting, I would say that you need to have a conversation. Overwhelmingly, when things don't work out, it's because there's a miscommunication or people didn't even have a conversation in the first place. Do not let someone send you a message saying, hey, we'd love for you to do the sit. And then you just message back, sure, and that's it. There needs to be some, you need to lay down some groundwork. You need to have a conversation. And there's a reason why getting hired for jobs doesn't work like just text messaging. You always have a live in person, ideally, but, you know, uh, video call these days where you can see each other and talk. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone has gotten all too familiar with Zoom these days. So there's Zoom and other video chatting platforms. So I really feel like there's pretty much no excuse not to have a video call. And uh, as the sitter, be flexible with how to video chat, be like open to a video call. We always sign off our messages of like, we'd love to video chat on whatever platform works best for you. And then usually they'll come back, you know, there's there's WhatsApp, there's Signal, there's Skype, there's Zoom. I mean, there's Google Meet. If someone doesn't have one of those platforms and isn't willing to make the time to do a call, that would definitely be a red flag because it doesn't need to be an hour-long conversation. I feel like normally they're like 20 minutes. And if someone isn't willing to do a 20-minute conversation with someone who's going to be taking care of their pets at home, I just feel like something's off there. So that's kind of one of our very, it's a line of the sand there for us about in this in this step of the process. And it's always been great. It's always been great. So you can get a feel for each other and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. All of that kind of stuff happens in this interview phase. All right. Step number seven. So you have your interview. You're feeling good. You like it all. So now is to agree or decline the house sit. So a lot of times they'll, when you're talking, they might be like, oh, this sounds great. We'd love to have you sit. They will offer you the sit then and there. Sometimes they'll be like, we're talking with a few people and we'll get back to you. Again, this is why you want to apply to multiple house sits at once. If, Well, especially if you're a full-time house sitter, because if you're trying to line things up back to back, you can't afford to have a gap. If you're doing it on a vacation, it might be kind of different. But regardless, pet owners definitely don't have a problem interviewing multiple people at once. This has happened to us on a number of occasions. So yeah, don't, don't feel bad about applying to a few house sits at once. Regardless, they might offer you the house sit when you're talking and you can either say yes right then and there if you're feeling good about it, or you can be like, I need to think about it and I'll get back to you. Or they might say they need to think about it and get back to you, whatever. So there's a variety of permutations that might happen here, but this is the next step is to like, confirm or I guess deny <laughs> that it's going to happen. Yeah, at this step I like to give what I call the the conditional yes. So assuming that you want to go forward, this also gives you room to back out. 
But assuming you want to go forward, I would phrase it something along like this. Hey, I'm really interested. I think we'd be a good fit. I just want to double check a lot of things before we commit. So take this as yes, I want to do it. And I will follow up in, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours, or you can ask them like, how soon do you need an answer to confirm by? Because often they are looking at different sitters or they're just really sold on you and want to have you. But I think this also kind of gives you, this is you asserting power in the negotiations, not just leaving it all up to the pet owners and saying, hey, I got to make sure for sure. And I want to be, you know, after the heat of the moment, be able to reassess and make sure, you know, you can say things like, oh, I want to just double check that I can do the flights, can afford them. I don't want to say yes and then have to back out. You can make it sound all about being considerate for them. But I honestly do it for me to be able to sit on it and be like, is this something I definitely want to do? And usually you have very strong feelings about it. And it's just about letting you have a little few minutes to come down and relax and get a sense of things. But often you will kind of have a sense of where it's going to go in that meeting. But you might also get a curveball thrown at you where later on you're like, oh, this sounded great until they told me that their, um, you know, grandparents are going to be there or something like that. And then that might be a deal breaker for you. For us, it's a deal breaker to have anyone else on premises other than the house sitters. So this is an important time to assert your, you know, what you're bringing to the table that you don't have to say yes to anything and uh, give yourself some time to think about it. But, you know, we're going to go forward with the next step, assuming that you say yes, what you would do. Yeah, so the next step is kind of like intermeshed in this one. It's to trust your gut. So when you're making this decision of agreeing or declining, you want to trust your gut about how you feel about the situation. You want to know your needs and your limits. You want to have asked about these already in the interview stage. But again, things might come up in the interview that were unexpected, or they might even say afterwards, like, oh, actually, now we have five extra pets. Like, do you feel okay with that or something like that? Who knows? So you just want to make double sure that you want to go through with it because you don't want to have to, you don't want to cancel or back out for any reason other than something like dire or unexpected, I mean, such as a pandemic or, I don't know, you get sick or something else out of your control. But canceling on to an already agreed on house sit for just basically no reason or a reason that you don't want to tell them, for example, like just gives all of house sitters a bad name because then those people haven't had a good experience with house sitters and they think all house sitters are just willy-nilly and are going to cancel on people. So you want to be like ironclad sure that you want to do this house sit before you agree to it. If there's any little feeling that gives you pause, you want to listen to that. We'll have an episode all about those, those red flags and those feelings, but just this is why we had this as a separate step. And this, you want to listen to your gut throughout this whole thing, but it really comes into play, especially when you're agreeing or declining. Yeah, it's super important that you feel really excited about this. I would say, again, we get really into detail about this in uh, later episodes and also in other things that we've written, but I would say for shorthand that you want to feel either hell yes or hell no. If you're on the fence, then you might have to kind of set up a situation where you got to ask yourself a series of questions like, why am I am I willing? Am I taking something on just because one thing seems really great? Am I looking at this with rose colored glasses? But almost without fail, 
when we feel uh, something's not a hell yes, it usually means a no. So you want to be excited about it. You want to be like, this is something that I want to do and these people feel great and I feel like we're going to have each other's back. Yeah, we learned the importance of trusting your gut early on in our house sitting journey. And this brings us to our next point, actually. So step number nine, or this could be one, this could be any, this, this one could be anywhere along this process, honestly. But for us, it had came in at this point. So that's why we've put it here. But you might want to join some online house sitting communities. So we learned the importance of trusting your gut through more experienced house sitters than ourselves. And now, you know, we're taking the torch and telling other newbies to trust your gut. And we we learned that through connecting with other experienced house sitters. And the largest community that I know of anyway is the house sitting community support group. It's called something like that. It's a Facebook group. I'll link it in the show notes. And it was started by uh, Vanessa and Ian of House Sitting Magazine. We've actually had them on. We interviewed them. And it's good. they're going to be on in a few interviews. So definitely stay tuned for that. Subscribe so you, you don't miss it. They're great. And yeah, they have a Facebook group. It's huge. I think there's almost 10,000 members in there now. You can just ask your questions, learn from other house sitters, all that kind of stuff. That's, this is also why we want to start this, this podcast, because house sitting can be a very like you're in your own little world kind of thing. But if you don't connect with others and learn from others, you might fall into certain pitfalls or I mean, you're going to have questions. It's it's a not a normal way to travel, a quote unquote normal. So it's and there's no defined route, I guess, or there's no like rules. So you just kind of got to learn and learn works best for you. There's no code of conduct or rule book out there on how to do this. There's no, there's, and then on top of that, we don't all share the same unwritten rules about this. So part of our goal with the podcast is to kind of get a community, get everyone connected into a community that's built on the foundation of, you know, being understanding, compassionate, and supportive of each other. And that there's not, you know, even though pet owners and house sitters there's different things that in play depending on what side you're coming from. It's not about two different sides. It's about everyone work together to make sure that things continue to thrive and work for everybody involved. So just keep that in mind that you want to get connected, really kind of learn and reflect on what's important to you in house sitting to ensure that you have the best house sitting experience. And it continues to be a tool for a lifestyle that you want to have. That brings us to our last step, step 10, which is to have fun. Have fun house-sitting. Remember that it's a responsibility, but you absolutely should be enjoying yourself. And if you're not enjoying yourself, you might need to take a look at what you're not enjoying or what's going wrong or all that kind of stuff. Do some troubleshooting, I guess, of what's what you're doing with house-sitting that's making it not enjoyable. So ultimately, this is about enjoying yourself, about connecting with pets, about connecting with their owners, about going to new places. We're all here because we want to enjoy ourselves while we're traveling in this way. So, you know, we're talking about all these different things that go into it. And you can be smart about it, of course, like you should be smart about it. But also remember to have a great house sitting experience. 
This might seem like a strange thing to point out and make it a part of the steps, but you may be surprised to learn, especially in the world of full-time sitters, but I don't think it's exclusive to full-time sitters, that a lot of people use house sitting solely as a way to save money, and they just complain about a lot of the experiences they have. It's a huge you know, incentive. I don't want to play that part down, but I don't think someone can go into this only wanting to save money as just a means to an end. We can't tell you how many people we know who generally don't have positive experiences house-sitting because they just have an attitude of, take what I can get, this works for these particular dates, it allows me to keep traveling within the budget that I want to travel with, and for us, that's just that wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it if house-sitting meant taking on things we're not excited about. So it's really important to recognize that house-sitting is going to look different for a lot of different people, but overwhelmingly, it's a very positive experience. Otherwise, this, the community wouldn't continue to thrive as such. Yeah, it's really important to point out because so many times we've talked to sitters who, yeah, just think that they have to take whatever they can get. And they're like bemoaning this or that about things. And, oh, it's not what I, what I thought. Or, you know, this house was not as clean as I wanted or this or that. Um, and we're just like, well then you shouldn't have taken it. Like, find that out beforehand. Of course, like, things can happen. And again, we're going to go into different ways to to figure these things out. But ultimately, if you're not enjoying yourself, if, if it's literally just a way to save money and you are like, oh, I have to just accept all these other things, like, why are you doing it? <laughs> so that's that's what we always like to come back to and end on is because we are we don't sign up for a house unless we're truly excited about it about everything about it about the pets about the home about the location about the owners all of those things we need to be excited and happy about in order to do a house it and we strongly believe that you can do that for all of your houses you don't need to accept anything less than what you deserve we also recognize that there's just a lot of moving parts to house sitting and we make it sound easy because we've done it for so long. I mean, it's the confidence that comes with a lot of experience. So it's important to know that it's going to be a learning experience and you can still have overwhelming positive experiences, but also take something away from each one and be like, okay, next time I'm going to ask about this. And next time I'm going to maybe not do a house sit that's located here, for example. But we want to really impress that house-sitting is going to take some work, but the rewards are amazing. They're great. They, we couldn't live the lifestyle that we live without house-sitting. And that we really, really want to emphasize that while it takes some work to use house-sitting, it doesn't need to be particularly hard. And that it's easy to kind of get really excited about all the things house-sitting can bring you, and that overshadows the work that goes into it. So we want to really be guidance on how to get the most out of house sitting. So that about wraps up our 10 steps, like a quick overview to all of what goes into the process of house sitting. If you're new to house sitting and you're like, all of that sounds overwhelming. I feel like after this episode, I just have more questions. <laughs> Don't worry, we got you. Again, we have links to different articles we've written on some of these topics. We also have a book. So we wrote the house sitting handbook because we realized that so many people had so many questions. They didn't know how to go into it. They were going about it piecemeal and maybe weren't having the best experiences. And we just don't want any one, to have a negative experience house-sitting because we know that it can be so great if you go about it in the smart way. So that's why we wrote this book. And the book also comes with 
a workbook that works through a lot of these steps that we are talking about. Like, for example, like we have a template for filling out your profile or an application message. You want to personalize these, of course. So I'm saying template, but it's like, is a guidance for you to fill out yourself. We're not going to tell you what to say. We're going to recommend what we do and what's worked for us. So we've just created this. It's just a whole system of how to go about house sitting so you don't have to like get lost in the weeds, have negative experiences, you know, spend tons of time searching online for how to do this and that and whatever. It's all in this, this one book. And if that sounds like a lot for a book... You are correct because this is a full-length book. This is not one of those ebooks that have lofty promises and then you buy it. And because we've had ebooks like this, we've bought ebooks like this before, where it's like 15 pages. And, and book kind of seems like a misnomer in this regard. We want to reassure you that this is a full-length book, over 100 pages. It's chock full of details and information. But if there's one thing you really take away from what we're trying to say about this book is that the key to being a successful house sitter is recognizing that you need to be a great house sitter. You, as the house sitter, are looking for a dream house sit, like the perfect house sit, whatever it is. You're picturing it in your mind. You can see it. You almost can touch it. You can almost grab it. But you need to recognize that on the reverse, the pet owners are doing the same thing in their head about the perfect sitter, the perfect sitter who's going to come into their home and make them feel 100% safe and feel like they're getting great home and pet care in their absence and they don't have to worry about a thing. So... To learn how to be that is going to take more than reading a couple articles online. And that's what this book is for. Those who really want to transform their life through house sitting for travel. Yeah, we go into like all of these steps like in so, so much more detail and answer everything about everything and talk about how to be a great house sitter, all those things. So yeah, I will leave a link in the show notes to the house sitting handbook. It's only on our website, not on Amazon because Amazon sucks. And, but you can get it there. And we also have a nice little discount code for all of our wonderful podcast listeners. So just use the code podcast when you're checking out and you'll get a nice little discount as a thank you for listening. Yeah, this is an exclusive podcast discount just for you. (laughs) Thanks, Farron, for that exclusivity. But yeah, I think that kind of about wraps it up. Hopefully this gave you a good overview of what house sitting is all about. We aim for this episode to be a jumping off point to all of our other resources. Yeah, we just we get a lot of questions kind of about all of what goes into it. So we thought we'd just do a little roadmap right here to help everyone with that. So yeah, so make sure to subscribe in whatever podcast app that you're listening to. Subscribe to House Sitting Travel. We are on all the podcast apps. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. You can, if you're on Instagram, you can follow at House Sitting Travel. It's pretty much the only social media I'm doing at this point. I like Instagram, and so that's what I'm doing. Until anyone else demands otherwise, that's where you can find us. We'd love to hear from you over there. And if you want to support the show, please share this show, and in particular, an episode that you feel might 
interests them. Not just a whole podcast, because that can be really overwhelming. Hey, listen to this podcast. I mean, if it's got dozens of episodes, where do you start? Oh, yeah. One more thing. Now I remember, we got a lot of announcements at the end, too. But um, if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a rating and review. It helps the podcast get found by others with the little algorithmic gods. So if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, I think they're the only ones that allow ratings and review. So if you're listening there, we would love it if you could leave a quick rating and review. It's super quick, takes just, I don't know, 30 seconds, and it means a lot to us. So thanks again for listening, and we'll come at you next week. Bye.